Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 234. As we continue our look at the book of Zechariah today, we'll notice a number of visions that are given by God to the prophet Zechariah. And these are all depicting God as a God who is powerful, powerful to restore the people, to bring justice on their enemies, a God who has power to actually restore and cleanse the people who have sinned against him. And we see the same theme of God's power to cleanse and redeem and the fact that he is the God who can forgive in Psalm 93 and in 1 John 3 as well. And so our theme today as we work through our passages is God's power to cleanse. We begin then today in Zechariah chapter 2. I looked again, and there was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He replied, to measure Jerusalem in order to determine its width and its length. At this point, the angelic messenger who spoke to me went out, and another messenger came to meet him and said to him, Hurry, speak to this young man as follows. Jerusalem will no longer be enclosed by walls because of the multitude of people and animals there. But I, the Lord says, I will be a wall of fire surrounding Jerusalem and a source of glory in her midst. You there, flee from the northland, says the Lord. For like the four winds of the heaven I have scattered you, says the Lord. Escape, Zion, you who live among the Babylonians. For the Lord of heaven's army says, For his own glory he has sent me to the nations that plundered you. For anyone who touches you touches the pupil of his eye. Yes, look here, I am about to punish them so that they will be looted by their own slaves. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Sing out and be happy, Zion, my daughter. For look, I have come. I will settle in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on the day of salvation, and they will also be my people. Indeed, I will settle in the midst of you all. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me to you. The Lord will take possession of Judah as his portion in the holy land and will choose Jerusalem once again. Be silent in the Lord's presence, all people everywhere, for he is being moved to action in his holy dwelling place. Next I saw Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord with Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, May the Lord rebuke you, Satan. May the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Isn't this man like a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood there before the angel. The angel spoke up to those standing all around, Remove his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, I have freely forgiven your iniquity and will dress you in fine clothing. Then I spoke up, Let a clean turban be put on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood nearby. Then the angel of the Lord exhorted Joshua solemnly, saying, The Lord of heaven's army says, If you follow my ways and keep my requirements, you will be able to preside over my temple and attend to my courtyards, and I will allow you to come and go among these others who are standing by you. Listen now, Joshua, the high priest, both you and your colleagues who are sitting before you, all of you who are symbol that I am about to introduce my servant, the branch. As for the stone I have set before Joshua, 
On the one stone there are seven eyes. I am about to engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, to the effect that I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. And that day, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, everyone will invite his friend to fellowship under his vine and under his fig tree. The angelic messenger who had been speaking with me then returned and woke me, as a person is wakened from sleep. He asked me, What did you see? I replied, I see a menorah of pure gold with a receptacle at the top. There are seven lamps at the top, with seven pipes going to to the lamps. There are also two olive trees beside it, one on the right of the receptacle and the other on the left. Then I asked the messenger who spoke with me, What are these, sir? He replied, Don't you know what these are? So I responded, No, sir. Therefore he told me, This is the Lord's message to Zerubbabel, Not by strength and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. What are you, you great mountain? Because of Zerubbabel, you will become a level plain, and he will bring forth the temple capstone with shoutings of grace, grace, because of this. Moreover, the Lord's message came to me as follows, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple, and his hands will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me to you. For who dares make light of small beginnings? These seven eyes will joyfully look on the thin on the tin tablet in Zerubbabel's hand. These are the eyes of the Lord, which constantly range across the whole earth. Next, I asked the messenger, What are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the menorah? Before he could reply, I asked again, What are these two extensions of the olive trees, which are emptying out the golden oil through the two golden pipes? He replied, Don't you know what these are? And I said, No, sir. So he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Then I turned to look and there was a flying scroll. Someone asked me, What do you see? I replied, I see a flying scroll 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. The speaker went on to say, This is a curse traveling across the whole earth. For example, according to the curse, whoever steals will be removed from the community. Or on the other hand, according to the curse, Whoever swears falsely will suffer the same fate. I will send it out, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and it will enter the house of the thief and of the person who swears falsely in my name. It will land in the middle of his house and destroy both timber and stones. After this, the angelic messenger who had been speaking to me went out and said, Look, see what is leaving. I asked, What is it? And he replied, It is a basket for measuring grain that is moving away from here. Moreover, he said, This is their eye throughout the whole earth. Then a round lead cover was raised up, revealing a woman sitting inside the basket. He then said, This woman represents wickedness. And he pushed her down into the basket and placed the lead cover over top. Then I looked again and saw two women going forth with the wind in their wings. They had wings like those of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between the earth and the sky. I asked the messenger who was speaking to me, Where are they taking the basket? He replied, To build a temple for her in the land of Babylonia. When it is finished, she will be placed there in her own residence. We'll leave it there for today, and we'll have to pick it up in the next episode again. All these visions, um, maybe if you're a little bit familiar with other parts of the Bible, so many of these things are picked up in the book of Revelation. They're not new in Revelation. They're actually coming from Zechariah and these visions that God is giving that are all visions of God's miraculous power to change people, to bring justice on the nations, to restore all things, 
These are all previews of God's power to cleanse and to restore. And now we turn to Psalm 93, which is a psalm that is praising God for his power, for his ability, for his majesty, for the fact that he is the king, the one who reigns on high. Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He wears strength around his waist. Indeed, the world is established. It cannot be moved. Your throne has been secure from ancient times. You have always been king. The waves roar, O Lord. The waves roar. The waves roar and crash. Above the sound of the surging water and the mighty waves of the sea, the Lord sits enthroned in majesty. The rules you set down are completely reliable. Holiness aptly adorns your house, O Lord, forever. There's a psalm praising God for his power and his holiness, the one who has the ability to do what none of us can do in cleansing, restoring, and bringing this world back into what it was meant to be, even though we have made a mess of it through our sinful lives. And that brings us to 1 John 3. This chapter of the letter of uh, John wrote, speaking a lot about how we are to live new lives, resisting the temptation to sin, following God's law, and doing this all in the power that God gives, the power to cleanse us through Jesus and the power of his spirit to empower us to say no to sin and yes to love. 1 John 3. See what sort of love the Father has given to us that we should be called God's children. And indeed we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that whenever it is revealed, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope focused on him purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. Indeed, sin is lawlessness. And you know that Jesus was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Everyone who resides in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For, those, for this purpose, the Son of God was revealed, to destroy the works of the devil. Everyone who has been fathered by God does not practice sin because God's seed resides in him, and thus he is not able to sin because he has been fathered by God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are revealed. Everyone who does not practice righteousness, the one who does not love his fellow Christian, is not of God. For this is the gospel message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not like Cain, who was of the evil one and brutally murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil, but his brothers were righteous. Therefore do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have crossed over from death to life because we love our fellow Christians. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his fellow Christian is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. We have come to know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us. Thus we also ought to lay down our lives for our fellow Christians. But whoever has the world's possessions and sees his fellow Christian in need and shuts off his compassion against him, 
How can the love of God reside in such a person? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. And by this we will know that we are of the truth and will convince our conscience in his presence, that if our conscience condemns us, that God is greater than our conscience and knows all things. Dear friends, if our conscience does not condemn us, we have confidence in the presence of God, and whatever we ask we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing to him. Now this is the commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as he gave us the commandment. And the person who keeps his commandments resides in God, and God in him. Now by this we know that God resides in us, by the Spirit he has given us. I hope you're able to follow all that argue, sort of the argument flow of, of John, basically making his main point that the evidence of being a Christian is love, love of others, and even love of those who you otherwise would be upset with. And he's saying that the evidence of that love is evidence of your faith, your trust in God, and it's actually evidence of the fact that God, by his Spirit, is working in you. And all of this is only possible, first, because the love that God has shown us in and through Jesus, who has paid for all our sins, who has given us the Spirit, and so ultimately the power to do these things comes from God and is a power that changes us to become people who love like Jesus loved. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.